The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What's keeping you from being the best you can be? Whatever the issue, you can clear that obstacle and come out swinging. Welcome to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. On today's show, we will feature guest experts who can bring you the tools and ideas that you need to take the next step to your personal success. Now, here is Dr. Linda Sanicola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today, our topic is the subject of love, and my guest is Reverend Dr. Cheryl Ward. Let me tell you a little bit about Reverend Cheryl. She is a dynamic, vibrant presence and master teacher currently serving as the Dean of Agape University since 2006. She is currently spearheading the launch of the Agape University Ministerial Program, training ministers for the 21st century. Reverend Cheryl is a strong advocate for classes that emphasize personal spiritual transformation, stressing insights, revelation, and application of spiritual principles. Besides being a wonderful teacher, she is a practitioner of spiritual law. She is committed to spreading the teachings of new thought, ancient wisdom, incorporating the wisdom of the ages into modern day terms that are understandable and undeniable. Reverend Cheryl also teaches legal issues and ethics in the Agape Ministerial Program. Reverend Cheryl has a deep love of God and love for spiritual truth principles that undergird life itself. She is able to explain these teachings in clear, concise ways that enable students to put them into practice in their daily lives. She is the author of several articles, including 10 Keys to Prosperity, Alive But Dying to Live, and The Life Experiment Process. For many years, Reverend Cheryl practiced law, utilizing spiritual principle and spiritual laws to assist her in case preparation and planning. This year, she celebrates 41 years as a member of the California State Bar. Honored for her dedication and leadership by her peers in the practice of law, Reverend Cheryl was inducted into the Langston Bar Association Hall of Fame in 2011. Welcome, Reverend Cheryl. Thank you, Dr. Linda. I'm so happy to be with you. I'm so delighted to have a chance to talk to you about your experiences. And, you know, some might say it's an interesting transition from lawyer, practicing lawyer, into spiritual teacher. Can you tell us a little bit about what that's been like for you? Sure. Well, actually, I was a teacher first. That was my first occupation I taught in high school. I taught the subjects of biology, physiology, science in general. And it was my experience there. I mean, I enjoyed it all, but I felt it wasn't progressive enough. 
and it moved me to look at something else uh, where I could feel more of an energy that was um, a movement in terms mm-hmm. of expansion and not staying stuck in the old ways. That's really what led me to uh, leave teaching that it was an old-fashioned way mm-hmm. to really uh, motivate and inspire students. And I had been involved in a project, a pilot project, with two other teachers, and we had found an, a new way using new principles in which to um, teach students. And we were so excited that we just knew the Board of Education would adopt that for citywide. And when that didn't happen... Not so it, much, uh, huh? <laughs> Yeah, it, I felt... Uh, I was young. I was like 28 years old at that point, and... I just said, I, I need to do something else. And so I um, looked around, had some friends who were in law school at the time, and uh, they invited me to sit in on classes. I liked it, and I didn't know where I was going. I had never wanted to be a lawyer, but it seemed like a good transition, a good process for me. So I, uh, I did that, loved it. Uh, became the president of our graduating class, did some wonderful things while in law school, and then, lo and behold, I'm now a lawyer. And uh, it led me to, I was hired here in Los Angeles, and I I had two little children at the time to go through law school, so it made me, prepared me to be very organized and very focused. I bet it did. Three years, yes. Um, My husband at the time was in medical school, and I don't ever remember him being around. At any rate, I ended up in Los Angeles, and through a series of uh, other events, I came to meet uh, Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith. He he was uh, not a reverend at that time, and he was a practitioner, a person who does spiritual counseling, and um, I began studying spiritual principles, metaphysical principles, uh, through the Founders Church of Religious Science. And, and um, during that time, I was a minister, uh, I mean, a, a, a lawyer. I became a lawyer in 1975, passed the bar the, the first time, and was working down here at a law firm. And then I was hired by the Los Angeles City Attorney's Office. And as I progressed through law, I was progressing through my spiritual practice at the same time. Mm. And I came to realize that one has to live an integrated life. That is, it was difficult for me to be one way when I was with my uh, spiritual family and then another way, when I'm in the world, practicing law, mm-hmm. working with other law lawyers, clients, and so forth. So it, um, it became a, a moment of choice for me to integrate what I was as a spirit being into what I was doing for my livelihood. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, uh, Dr. Linda. I had this running voice in my head that always said, whatever I'm doing, I'm more than that. I'm not defined as a teacher. I'm not defined as a student. And I wasn't defined as a lawyer. And I remember early on, before I entered into serious spiritual study, this voice that made me feel and know 
that my life had to be more than whatever the profession was. Mm-hmm. And whatever so role you felt, were. Yeah. Yes, I always felt I was more than that. There were other dimensions. I have a creative side. I have a playful side with my children and mom. I have a side of being social with other people. And so I wanted to make sure I was integrating everything that I was feeling moved to do in life mm-hmm. into uh, an understanding that evolved out of what I came to know as my relationship with God, with the world or the universe as we like to call it. And I wanted to be sure that my life was a full-on integrated life. In fact, mm-hmm. the words came to me that you cannot live a schizophrenic life. You, mm-hmm. you can't be broken in, in one way. Your, your face and your words show up, uh, and then they show up differently over here, and then they show up differently and, and, and you're dealing with family and, and children. Right. Integration means you come from that place that is your base. And right. So that, I think that's, that's so important. Journey. Yeah, I think that's those. Are, that's such good advice. And if I use that concept, living an integrated life, and look at say the work that I do, I can certainly see how the result of one of the results of failing to live an integrated life would be a great deal of stress for people. Absolutely, absolutely. And here's the thing I noticed in the legal profession watching lawyers and judges, I noticed at that time, this is in the mid-70s, lawyers drank a lot, um, Mm -hmm. consumed a lot of alcohol. And sometimes in court, the judges would come back flushed face. And you could tell after at lunch they had had a few drinks, or more than a few, and their personalities Mm -hmm. were changing. Mm -hmm. Um, From there, I also noticed... uh, um, Another judge, highly respected, got into a traffic accident, and they discovered cocaine was the cause in the the car, and he was uh, obviously injured and debilitated, could not sit on the bench, and eventually the uh, judicial counsel, you know, uh, expelled him from the bench. But I began to look at, why is that happening? Why are all of these lawyers... And I really believe it's because they weren't rooted in, in a spiritual sense, mm-hmm. whether that uh, reveals itself as uh, a, a person who attends the Baptist religion or uh, ca- Catholic, whatever it was, that people who didn't have anything rooted in what we term uh, faith, a faith mm-hmm. organization, or even a, it doesn't have to be any organized religion, just you have your own relationship to a larger something in the mm-hmm. universe mm-hmm. that uh, anchors you and becomes the foundation, your base for living. You live from this place. They're, they're high principles or as, as Plato and Socrates would say, they're virtues and values that are universal and have been known uh, throughout time. And so when you move from that place of these are my values and these are the virtues that I ascribe to, that my life is about this, then uh, you're anchored and you're not mm-hmm. looking for relief from the stress and the pressures. Uh, you're not moving with the winds of, of human change uh, that have you up and down and you, you become like a feather on the wind. 
and you're blown here, you're blown there, you're not anchored, and you feel the stress. And so many were relieving that stress through alcohol and other substances. Mm-hmm. And it should be a, a very powerful thing to witness if we could see our justice system move in the direction of, of uh, living an integrated life. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. And there are some that do, and, and you, when you walk into their courtrooms, you know that. They may even tell you, uh, and they usually uh, do it not so much in trying to proselytize or anything like that or trying to convert anyone, but there is a great deal of civility about them, a great deal of uh, kindness in the way mm-hmm. in which they approach the work that they are mm-hmm. called to do from the bench. Mm-hmm. And you you see that and you know that person is a person of substance. That person is a person who is grounded in uh, and anchored in some sort of spiritual practice or religious practice, a relationship with the the great God of the universe. Right. It doesn't it's matter whether you're a, a Christian religion or you're a Buddhist or you're Hindu, Muslim. It doesn't matter. People, mm-hmm. when they become anchored in that one thing, you see that throughout the, as a thread, throughout the way in which they approach life. Right, right. It's that anchor that's important. And we're yeah. getting ready to take a short break here, and we'll be right back with my guest, Reverend Cheryl Ward, Dean of Agape University, and we will dive into our topic of love. We'll be right back. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you happy with your financial life? Or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching Program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. Are you happy in your life, or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune in to A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit drsanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We are visiting today with my guest, Reverend Cheryl Ward from Agape Spiritual Center in uh, Los Angeles. And we are talking today about the idea of love. And you know, Reverend Cheryl, love seems like it's something we all search for, we talk about, sing about, write about, complain about. (laughs) But I think most of the time, we don't really have any real agreement as to what it is that we are talking about. Right. So can you can you tell us please how how would you define love and, and what does love mean? It it is an energy if it's anything. Mm-hmm. And by that it, it is something that is not fixed or stagnant. It's not a noun. It is an energy, an energy a force if you will that moves through us. Mm. We can feel it, and you, you can feel it not necessarily through touch alone, but you, you can feel it in the presence of another. Mm-hmm. You can feel it in the presence alone. When, and by that I mean sometimes when you are alone with yourself, and I know not everybody likes to be alone. Some people are challenged by that. Mm-hmm. But if you get alone... And often, I like to say, if you get alone in, in nature and you just focus on all that is around you, you have to marvel at how nature takes on its own. It, it blossoms, it flows, it, it opens, and it's not impacted at all by anything going on in our circumstance, the human circumstance, mm-hmm. you begin to feel a connection, a movement. You might love the smell of a flower, for example. That's a movement, an energetic, that carries with it also uh, a fragrance, a vibration, mm-hmm. and a movement. To me, that is love at its bare essence, and it is something that we are living in. We actually live in love. And I'm not talking about romantic love. I'm talking about the ability to open to something that is so awesome, it's difficult to describe. To describe Mm -hmm. it almost reduces it. It is a connection that one has with something greater than oneself. It can be through one's art, craft, things that you like to do, whether it's writing, whether it's sculpting, whether it's painting, whether it's movement and dance, dancing, and all of those, there's an energy, a force that's moving through and moving into expression. So love is an energy that comes into an expression. And in, in the physical world, the expression can be through touch. It can be visually through uh, creating a, a visual, a beautiful picture. It can be through us gazing at a sunset and the formation and the clouds, just such awesome beauty. 
we often say it takes our breath away. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't even try to describe it. We're just one with it. We see it. We feel it. It, it, it has a movement within us. So for me, love is always about a movement and energy. And then there are various degrees of this movement and energy. And if I could break it down, the, the degrees come from the lowest level or lowest expression of love and energy, a movement that really outpictures itself as maybe anger, maybe uh, ridicule, mm-hmm. maybe it outpictures as uh, uh, not loving oneself or denying oneself, putting oneself down, putting other people down. That's a low level of the movement, the vibration. Mm -hmm. But that is easily converted, can be if a person is willing to or is on a search or journey to change that, that level of vibration into a higher level of vibration. And the higher you go, the more expression, the more one fills up with that. Uh, It becomes a not only a visual, but your whole being is filled up with this love. And I'll tell you, that came to me uh, through the years, um, and and one of the um, things that happened to me in 2000 uh, really uh, took me into a level of not only uh, what love was for me and my life, but a deliberate conscious intention that I wanted to be about expressing love. I wanted to pour out love everywhere I was going, every mm-hmm. in my environment, to uh, practice um, harmlessness instead of harmfulness. Mm-hmm. Speaking about someone gossiping and so forth, those are harmful things. Putting people right. down, those are harmful things. They do not uh, uh, reflect any appreciation for another individual or what another is doing. And so I wanted to make sure that in my being and in my life, in my movement, everywhere I was going, I was pouring forth, meaning radiating love, not in a therapy kind of way, but mm-hmm. just kind way, just kindness, just gentleness, just patience. These are all uh, virtues and values that, that are available to anyone who chooses to make them part of their life expression. And so for me, love is all of those things and more, and even gets to your more intimate expression of love in, in, uh, in relationships, uh, mm-hmm. familial relationships, romantic relationships. All of these are various expressions, but throughout all, there is a movement and mm-hmm. energy of force. That's love. And I think, you know, what you said about a kindness and a gentleness, if we carry that energy within us, that is, I think, going to automatically open the experience of love. Absolutely. Because there's, you know, there's so many ways, I think, that as we go through our day, maybe, you know, at the gas station or in the supermarket or wherever it may be, if you just take a moment to maybe smile at somebody or hold the door for them, that those are loving gestures that, you know, you can tell sometimes by the look on someone's face how much they appreciate it and that it actually a very small thing made a difference for them. Right. I encourage people to practice love, practice Mm -hmm. the energy, the movement of love. So with my students, I have them actually think about things they can do. And smiling is one. 
just try it. Experiment. Mm-hmm. Let your life be a, an experiment. Your life is really a laboratory for you to experiment with many different things. So why not do it? So tomorrow decide you're going to bring a smile everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. See mm-hmm. what happens. Take See notes. what happens, exactly. And, and it's contagious. No one just, you know, stops. They may do nothing, but usually... They will smile back. The eyes will light up. There will be a mm-hmm. flicker there. There will be a, a recognition. I caught the vibration. I caught the movement of love. A smile is a loving gesture. Opening a door for someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying uh, someone, thank, thanking someone is an, another expression. Uh, and, and being thanked, I tell people, don't ever say, no problem. Say, with much pre- pleasure. That's how the Spanish say it. Mm-hmm. With right. great pleasure, right. I did this. Meaning, I am. It's pleasing to me to be in a loving expression, and a yeah. smile is a loving, a kind expression. Opening the door. Oftentimes, I'll look behind me in the in the checkout line and grocery, see who has just a few items, and invite mm-hmm. them. Please, you only have one. Come in front of me, you and can, you should yes. see what happens. So right. these are all the practices that you can choose to do. You can choose to express love. And, you know, I, I know oftentimes we think of being more loving as something that starts with ourselves. And we hear all the time, you can't love another if you do not love yourself. Yes. And, you know, that's so hard for people, I think. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is hard for people um, They'll be good givers, so to speak, in quotes, of love, but feel that they are not worthy. And this is where in the work that I do with uh, classes that are transformational in nature is to begin to have them search inside and find the areas, usually in a belief system, oftentimes unconscious, they're in the subconscious, where somehow they entertain the idea that they, they were not worthy of love. And I often begin by asking this question, how many of you like to give to people gifts or, or give surprises? W- what is it about that that you like? And they'll say, oh, it's so fun. I feel so good. There's a joy in it. It's wonderful to surprise people with an unexpected gift, uh, unexpected courtesy, Again, generosity, kindness, all these, when they're unexpected, they love to do that, to help someone. And I said, and so reverse that. If people do that to you, what do you say? What do you do? And the response often is a pat, oh, no, you shouldn't have. Oh, no, I can't let you do that. Mm -hmm. And to me, and I point right then and there, that is a denial of self-love. Mm-hmm. You are saying that because somewhere in you is a belief, an opinion that you're not worthy to receive someone else's gift of expression, of love, of kindness, of generosity, of thinking of you. And we're taught that in society because I know when I was growing up, you don't want to be selfish or self-centered. And, mm-hmm. and that's, uh, that's a denial of the self. And unbeknownst to us, we were being taught to deny the self. And the self is the, is, is the center of your universe. It's the center of everything. You think from that self, from your self-awareness, from your consciousness. And so uh, 
to jar them into an understanding of this, I asked them, why would you deny to another the joy you get Mm -hmm. from expressing and giving love Mm -hmm. by not being a good receiver of someone else? That's so important. Yeah. And they don't think of it that way. They don't think of it that uh, of themselves as denying that uh, that wonderful pleasure that they experience yes. to someone else. And that's, yes. you know, I think very powerful for people to begin to understand that. And right. we're getting ready here for another quick break, Reverend Cheryl. We'll be sure. right back and we'll have more conversation about love. Be right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Are you happy with your financial life? Or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day each day holds a treasure the extra in the ordinary it is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted if you want to add sparkle to your day listen to mighty gems spotlighting everyday jewels with d lee she offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own mighty gems in daily life Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit drsanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. We're visiting today with Reverend Cheryl Ward, Dean of Agape University's Ministerial Program. And um, she's teaching us today about the vibration and energy of love. And Reverend Cheryl, I, I have a question for you about, you know, we're talking about how if you can smile at people and be kind and gentle and loving. But I have to say that there are some people who really don't receive it well, maybe who are just mean. Yeah. There's some people who are mean. And what do we do with mean people? And, you know, how do we handle that? What does that, what's that about? Yes. Well, first of all, let me tell you, I start from the premise in what we teach here at uh, Agape, is that we're all connected. 
and we're all here for each other. And, and people who are mean, in, in my view, are the people who are most in need of love. They're, mm. they're bankrupt in love. They don't express it, and they don't receive it very well. And so it's like the soul is so uptight that it expresses itself at the lower frequencies of meanness, being unkind, um, using vile words, uh, using every opportunity to cut people down, uh, cynicism, uh, very callous in their treatment of, of others and obviously in the treatment of themselves. So they're the ones that are hardest to love and they're the ones that uh, are most in need of love. Mm-hmm. And when we think that we're connected with, with all of us are connected, then they become the the catalyst for our own expression of love. To me, as I tell my students, it's easy to love when you're walking through a park full of flowers in bloom or, or the cherry blossoms are going. It's, and you're, it's easy to love when things around you are loving and people are loving. It's, that's easy. Mm-hmm. The true test, and borrowing from science, the litmus test is can you be loving in an environment or a situation where love isn't revealing itself or reflecting back to you or to mm. anyone. And that's where you know the depth of your loving and your, your ability to pour forth an energy of love, of kindness, in spite of what is going on around you. Wow. And so I'm going to give you two examples real quickly. Uh, one from my personal life, uh, dealing with a brother who was that way, and the second from my professional life as as a lawyer. Again, this it has to apply; it has to be integrated. So it's important for me to get this this in and how you integrate. So <clears throat> one of my brothers and I come from a family of nine, actually eight at this time. This was happening of us, and uh, at that time. My parents were uh, passed on, and so there were just us siblings. And my father, being the last parent to pass on, had left a trust and had put myself, uh, an older sister, and another brother in charge as co-trustees. One of the brothers, who is brother number five, had always had a feud with brother number six, who was one of the co-trustees. And so that continued, and it really escalated during this time of the trust and, the, and exercising the powers within that. And he became very agitated and very mean, and he would say mean things, do mean things. It was very vile. You just didn't want to be uh, around him. And in those days, we had those um, voice recorders, and somebody could record, and the tape would run out. That, that's how mean he was, using up your tape to say mm-hmm. all these vile things. And that led me to, to uh, really move into a place of love. I, there's an author that I love, uh, John Randolph Price. He writes a lot in, in spiritual um, literature and transformation. And he had a little book. He called it The Love Book, and you could carry it in your purse. And I made a conscious decision that I was going to be more loving, more loving in my heart, more loving in my expression. And so I had to be more loving to him. And so I began to move through the world every day expressing love, including him. I would not listen to his message because the message was not of the vibration that I wanted, but I could 
give him love. I could remember him as a little kid. I could remember his freedom, his playfulness. And I could see him and know him from a space where he was loving and, and a beautiful being. And I can visualize an adult loving. Visualization is an important thing because it carries us carries us out of current circumstances and takes us to where we want to go. It's an important tool. So I was seeing him really as a loving person, being uh, accepting of what was going on. There were many other things going on in his life, not just this, that were making him express this this ugliness. And um, to shorten the story, he sued us and subpoenaed us to come to Chicago from Los Angeles, my older sister and I, and to be in court about the trust. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't bother with that either. I wasn't going to let that take me off of being loving. In uh, August of that year, I had a dream, and in the dream I saw him in a field, it was a beautiful field. I was moving towards him because I wanted to tell him he was dropping, he was carrying papers, and they were falling down slowly to the ground. I wanted to let him know, again, a, a loving act in my dream that he was dropping something. Fast forward to October when we are now uh, in court, and the judge says, this case shouldn't be here. This is not the kind of case. I'm sending you guys into the jury room. You're going to resolve this. We go in there, and it occurs to me, because I'm still in that loving space, just to ask everybody who's in the courtroom, including other siblings beside this brother, what would make them happy for this moment? and that we could move forward. We had a wonderful thing happen. We got it all settled, and the judge told my brother, who was acting as his own attorney, to file the papers of dismissal. Mm. I I said, let's all go to dinner. We did, and at dinner, this brother confessed to us that he had already prepared the papers to uh, withdraw and dismiss (laughs) the case. Long time ago, I asked him when. He told me that uh, last week of August. That was the same week I had that dream. Wow. And the falling of the papers was the dropping away of that lawsuit. And, mm-hmm. and that was a prophetic dream for me. But wow. the point is, by staying in love, the circumstances can change because you're bringing the energy of love. The second mm-hmm. case, and I'm, I can shorten that, was the attorney who was very mean acting towards a client I had in a deposition. And at the break, I went to him and told him I was taking off my lawyer hat, and I was just talking to him as a person who cared about him. Again, I'm pouring out love. I told him uh, that I didn't think that his mother would like to see him acting like this, throwing things around the room in a deposition, and that his children needed him, and this kind of energy was hurtful and harmful to him, and I really would want him to take better care of himself. Words to that effect. It was longer than what I'm telling you now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He immediately began to change. Because I poured out love to him and he was touched by love, I was touching the love that was with him, but it was suppressed and unexpressed, and I was inviting it forward into an expression. He didn't have to be mean. Everything was okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was for him, for life, for a good turnout, whichever turnout it would be in the, in the case that I was handling. And so I'm giving you, offering those two, uh, so that your, your listeners understand it's the application, it's the pouring forth, it's the movement at lo- of love that counts. And we should find ways to do that, particularly when people are mean 
they, they, they want to be lifted up. It's a call to lift me, help me. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You are your brother's keeper, that, that sort of thing. And, you know, what you said, I, I think I like the term that you used, being bankrupt in love. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you look at that concept, well, if someone's bankrupt financially, you want to pour money, right? I mean, yes. that's what they need. So Absolutely. it only makes sense that if somebody is showing you that indeed they are bankrupt in love, then they do need more love mm-hmm. than, you know, than other people may in that moment. And and mm-hmm. I also think, you know, that as we are on our journey to be more compassionate, more loving, more kind, whatever it may be. Do you find that that is in and of itself more expansive for you as you practice that? And then Absolutely. it comes back. Yeah. Because you you are the center of your universe. You're the center of your world. So no matter what's going on, you have a choice. What is your choice? To be reactive to what's going on? Or is your choice to, to uh, let love flow through you? Kindness. Sometimes it, you don't even have to ha- ha- say anything. Sometimes it's just a look. Sometimes it's just I understand. Sometimes it's just a listening ear. These are loving acts, and you're just being a loving place. And sometimes it's how how can I support you? How can I help you? What would help? Right. And I, I know I, for myself, I think that. You know, if I were to choose, if if I were aware that I needed to pour love into a situation, and let's say I chose not to do that, for myself, there are consequences in that. Um, For one thing, I don't like the way it feels. You know, that would not feel good to withhold or to engage if, if somebody's mean and you decide to react in a mean way. Uh-huh. then that takes you into a space that that feels bad and Absolutely. takes you out of alignment if you will mm-hmm. um so that our what what comes to us from god or the universe or, or whatever your term for it is is blocked right and you know i would go even further to say not only do you not feel good you're like attacking your heart space Talk about mm-hmm. a heart attack. You have attacked mm-hmm. yourself because when you don't feel good, your body is flooding with, with toxic things. It's still energy, but it's toxic energy. It's not healthy energy. It's mm-hmm. not lifting energy. And, and they, they've proven that the, the pleasure centers of your brain light up when the endorphins uh, blow through, which they do through the expression and the movement and love. They're endorphins. That's why your body feels light. You feel giddy. You feel good. Those are endorph- endorphins in your body. When you don't feel good, it's the opposite of what's flowing through your body. And, and years ago, I thought of that. Wow, you're really attacking the heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. people, and, and I'm saying that metaphorically, but mm-hmm. it can be literally. Where right. you're not giving the, the the beautiful vibrations to the the heart, the circulatory system. Exactly. And that's um, that, it's that's an act so of, of, yeah. of of self abuse. Exactly. You're abusing exactly. yourself. So right. again, it goes back to I'm going to love myself no matter what. Nothing. No matter what. Yes. Going to take me off of that. It, yes. I owe it to myself. No one's going to love me better than I love myself. 
Yeah, I like that. I like that. And that's a, a good note that we'll go to break on and we'll be b- right back with my guest, Reverend Cheryl Ward. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you happy with your financial life or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories, resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Women's Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit drsanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We're visiting today with my guest, Reverend Cheryl Ward from Agape Spiritual Center. And uh, I want to start this segment Reverend Sherby, thanking you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. And I have so many, so many uh, pearls here that I've jotted down that really have expanded my awareness and understanding of this topic of love. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And I know how busy you are, so it makes it especially generous of you today. So, uh, I also, you know, how can people find you if they'd like to learn more about your work or more about Agape? Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm with the Agape International Spiritual Center, and you can find me there. Um, I can give that phone number. It's 310-348-1250, Also, my email, it's Rev 
Cheryl, and Cheryl with a C, C H E R Y L, at agapelives.com. Reb Cheryl at agapelives.com. I also have a website, the Oath of Manifestation Global.com, where I have people saying the Oath of Manifestation. It's something that I've created to help people manifest more love more money, more kindness, more generosity in their life. It's gone all over the world. And again, that website is oathofmanifestationglobal.com. And you and can I find... Would definitely encourage everyone to take a look at that. The Oath of Manifestation is beautiful and yes. inspiring and uplifting. And it's something really I think everybody can benefit from. Absolutely, and you can get the oath there. You can read other people's stories and testimonies of what has happened. Amazing things happen, and um, I would love to connect with people and 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 have your listeners uh, get in touch with me and and respond and become part of a, a larger community that is really about transformation. Right, exactly, and and it's so important to be part of of a community. You know, yes. this is, you, you can't do it on your own. And, no. you know, being part of a community such as Agape or even the Oath of Manifestation community or or with my uh, Be the Best You Can Be Facebook page, yes. whatever it is, to be able to be in touch with people who have a similar vision and can help hold the space as we move through these these transitions. That's right. You don't have to do it alone, and there are others that will lift you, inspire you. You'll be so happy to be in a community that is really progressive and a movement forward, a connection with the, the greater universe and, exactly. and your role in it. Exactly. And, you know, I, I feel like I could talk another hour at least but uh, I know the show behind me wouldn't appreciate that so yes. um, um, I, maybe we can finish up with um, some words about compassion and why mm-hmm. compassion is viewed as the highest form of love yes it has to do with being able to be in the movement the frequency of love no matter what the circumstances are it's uh, the ability to see from another person's perspective, not just your own. It's easy to see from our own, and we know we're right and all that. But if you could exercise compassion, then you're, you're moving from how you see the world to how the other person or person see the vo- world. Points of view, mm-hmm. is, you know, the walking in, in the shoes of another, the sitting in the, another person's situation. Then you begin to open your heart to compassion. You begin to feel what it is that they are feeling and they are going through in that moment. It doesn't define them forever. It's just in this moment, this person is needing compassion, which is an understanding. I see you. I see Mm -hmm. your point of view. I understand that point of view. You don't have to agree with it. But just to understand another, oftentimes people want to get into, well, I'm right, and I'm, I'm the only right one here, and I refuse to look at your position because it's not right. That shuts down any movement, 
any flow of love, any flow of compassion. But when you exercise compassion, you receive, you become the beneficiary of a very high form of feeling the love. You feel expanded. You feel connected with all. And it's not about you being right and someone else being wrong. It's just the ability to connect with another. And in that connection, in that moment, is the opportunity for both to rise higher mm-hmm. and to, to teach, to inspire another. Because when you show compassion to one, they want to show compassion to another in that circumstance. So we pass it on. Compassion is, is a thing that gets passed on and gets passed around. And it's so nice to be understood, so nice to be heard. You just right. feel the love. I, I think that's what we all want. We all want to be heard. Yes. You know, and the, 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 that feels loving. It feels yes. loving to hear somebody and also to feel heard. It's yes. a very powerful experience, I think. It's, it's especially with them, it's not that I, I don't want my partner to fix me. Mm-hmm. I want you to hear me. Right. I'll get right. to how this all gets resolved. Just you, the fact that you heard me without judgment, and that's important. You didn't judge me. I shouldn't do this. What's wrong with me? You let me be with what I am right now in this moment. You heard me. Right. And that's enough for this moment. That's compassion. Right. And, you know, once again, I, I want to thank you, Reverend Cheryl, for for being with us today and it was an absolute honor and a delight and I appreciate your time so much. Thanks again. Oh, it was absolutely my pleasure. I've gotten so much out of this myself. I feel so expanded and just thank you for having me, Dr. Linda. It really is a, a joy. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a beautiful experience. I appreciate it so much. And I hope you all will join me next week when we are discussing a different kind of love, and that is bringing love into the family through adoption. My guest will be Lola Reynoso, an adoption service provider, and we're going to learn all about this wonderful gift for families. So thanks for listening, and I leave you today with the famous love quote from the Bible, from 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 to 8, love is patient and kind, it is never envious or boastful or proud, It it is not conceited, it is not rude, and does not act unbecomingly. Love does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails. See you all next week. Thank you for listening. Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola can be heard each Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope to have you join us again next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.